Welcome to the Yo Yo Arm Podcast. Time to listen up and download with Claire and Rosie. They're gonna be talking deep and meaningful. Yo Yo Arm. Yo Yo Arm. Welcome to the third podcast. Uh, the third. The third. The 33 and a third. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get rid of that. No, it's good. It doesn't need to be gotten rid of. It's like I'll, I'll tease you about it, but I actually love it. <laughs> uh, any Irish person will relate. Say a lot of things very strangely. Yeah, it's cool. Sometimes I say three instead of the tree outside. <laughs> but anyway forgive me for my sins <laughs> um this episode we are going to talk about relationships oh yeah it's gonna get juicy juicy loose we like it deep oh yeah <laughs> not so meaningful in that well we'll put a bit of meaningful in this one cause... yeah talk about love you know a little you know. a little bit of nice stuff and stuff <laughs> so i don't know it's kind of hard to even pick apart to start with on relationships, I guess, because there's so many layers to mm. what we go into in relationships and the loops and the overlays and the disempowerment and the handing over our power and <laughs> like <laughs> you're gonna say in the hand jobs. But <laughs> I was like, let's just get at least fifty percent of the way through before <laughs> before we get to that part. <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> she likes it deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess um First right. of all, yeah, go go go. Let's just dispel the myth that we're lesbians. Oh. We're not. Just let's just get that out there. Yeah, we had, <laughs> like, I guess, it, like a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about is the way that we um, can kind of mold ourselves to fit some sort of box to suit someone else, or other people want to put you in a box mm. and say, oh, they are this, they are that. Oh, you're single. Are you in a relationship? And then what kind of that what meaning that has attached to it for Mm -hmm. each person Mm -hmm. and like as a whole like as a different society or culture or whatever and when myself and claire uh, moved in together um sounds so romantic yeah when we uh, (laughs) finally made the decision to uh take things to the next level um yeah it was like because we were posting so much together like all our all our uh, eating together <laughs> celebrating working everything it it was very much like you could feel the the kind of confusion of people of like what what's like what's going on there and like you the whispers i was you getting had a message people. didn't you mm-hmm. like you people asking me or asking me numerous times if i was gay mm-hmm. but are you gay it's okay if you are it's like no i'm not and why won't you believe me <laughs> But like to be fair, we were posting a lot. We were posting a lot of weird stuff because we we did go away on uh, like a retreat and we were naked swimming. So first of all, as you do, it, yeah, like it, the kind of collaboration exploded with some pictures of our naked butts out in, in the, a stream, in a stream, holding hands. And weren't health and matters really, to no, be honest. And then because we were posting a lot of stuff about, be- <laughs> sorry funny now like thinking back because we were posting loads of stuff about being our authentic selves and no one putting us in a box and finally soulmate yes soulmate (laughs) and finally we could feel like we could step out of 
what was before that you know it wasn't our true selves mm. and now we are empowered <laughs> so like if you look at all of those aspects like you see where the confusion comes from but also the the funny thing that comes from it is all the projections that you need to be a certain thing for people to understand you mm. so for me i was actually triggered around those questions because it's like well people are trying to put me in a box the whole time and everyone spends so much time trying to box people off so that they know their status are you single are you married? Are you in a relationship? Are you spoken for? Are you free game? Are you gay? Mm. You, you know, are mm. you hurt and like uh, don't want to see anybody? You know, it's like so many things so that people can understand who you are and where you fit in mm. society. It just it gets a little bit bonkers. Yeah, because then it's like, what what is the need for that? Is it because then you decide how you're going to treat that person? Mm -hmm. How you interact like, with them? Yeah, mm -hmm. are they of more value to you if they? are in a stable relationship and have kids mm. or like what, what are their is, morals like yeah you know, what kind of person are they if they're 35 and they're still single mm. and they don't have kids and they don't want kids it's like well where does that leave you now are you left on the shelf mm. are you a failure as a, a person mm. if you haven't found love if you haven't uh settled mm. that word drives me bonkers as well like why would you ever settle for something just because it is uh the best that you can find mm. and i'm just gonna settle out of uh, fear of being alone or i'm afraid to go through life without finding that uh, person that i want to spend my life with it's like why would you settle for something like settle down and just you know resign to the fact that this is your life and it just feels so sticky to it's me. very sticky <laughs> but yeah it's like and the, there are there are so many people that feel that pressure mm. um and I guess it's important to know that it's a pressure we choose mm -hmm. whether we kind of put on ourselves or not. It's society and like yeah. our parents, it's parental. Uh -huh. Like you're rare to think that you're supposed to find somebody to settle down with, have kids with, all of those things. And they come from society and like from previously marriage being a very stable way to bring kids up. Um, when things were harder mm. and things were probably less complicated as well so like more simple but harder it made more sense to find a partner to raise a family with whereas now we have like uh, such a different world mm. that it's there's a lot more uh, females who are independent able to raise kids by themselves all of those things so there's a lot more choices yeah. or feels like there's a lot more choices uh practically wise like you're you have more support if you want to have a kid without a husband or you know you have more options whereas before people would have stayed for security for mm -hmm. survival basically whereas now like the marriage contract doesn't seem as relevant and there's a lot more things going on with marriages now where they're not religious there's like my sister had a humanist ceremony which was nice because they wrote their own vows mm. um it's kind of like not uh because marriage is massively religious anyway like tying yourself to something and it's also contractual so it's like there's a massive fear in it it's like I don't trust you, but I'll, I'll feel secure if I have this contract in place and then I'll trust you because then it's harder for you to get out. Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> I'm laughing about it, but it is the fear. It's like the ultimate, like, I won't be happy until I'm married because I'm afraid that you will leave me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's deal with the fear of someone leaving you and, and not try and force them into marriage or try and force things a certain way so that you have that security and then you can relax, let yourself go. You know, it's like all of the stuff that happens after that point mm. is like, well, now I feel secure, so I'm going to be myself now. Mm. So I can drop all of the 
stuff, the upkeep that I was doing before, and then it becomes, well, who am I? Yeah, so crazy. Like, like I, I was married. Um, She's still married. Still married. Uh, not, <laughs> not to me. Not to, not to Claire, yeah. <laughs> we just talked about that. We could get we, married. Yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> See, we don't help ourselves, do we, no. when we have conversations about getting married? <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I was with uh, my... Uh, I'll call him ex-husband, but we are actually still married, but we're not together. We've not been together for a long time, but... Um, still still, still in that contract. Yeah, still in that contract. But we we were together for 10 years, and we were together for nine years before we got married. And it felt like we... Like, I, I genuinely don't think either of us would have been that bothered like it wasn't like a thing that we felt um we needed to secure the way we felt about each other to through a marriage certificate i think it was more uh the conditioning and the the pressure his mum was very much like you need to get married and settle down and have kids and i was like what like she she saw us just absolutely wild stroll like going out on a friday night strolling in on monday morning it's like <laughs> it, it's also that thing of oh like if you get married and have kids then you'll settle down and sort your your life out but it's like if you go into that kind of thing before you've even Sorted your life had out. all those experiences that you want to have and figure out who you are you're kind of signing into some sort of contract and then it's like that pressure that you then have to become something different. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so I've got to be an adult now and grown up. Now I'm married, this is what we do. Yeah, and like definitely for us, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. And and probably it was a good thing that we did get married because then it brought up some of these questions and it was like, actually, no, mm-hmm. we're not right no. for each other for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you hear it a lot, of, a lot of times that people get married and then like six months later, they're split up or mm-hmm. and we were like a year later. So 10 years, but like... <laughs> the marriage killed the, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Is that final? Like, oh, it's final now, we're married. You are stuck with me forever. And that that's that feels so limiting. It's like, if you're entering into a relationship hoping that they will stay with you forever, uh, like, un, regardless of what happens and what directions you go in mm-hmm. in life and what they do and what you do, and it's like, till death do us part. Yeah, in sickness and in health, in whatever, I don't even know what the... The I should know because I think I did say them, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was, you know, like fully invested in that whole thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm, again, I'm not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you I wasn't, did the religious part, did you? No. Um, no, no. but I can't, do you know what? I can't actually remember. <laughs> like, um, it was more like I enjoyed the pizza we had after. Like, we went for food and stuff, and that was like, oh, this is nice. I have all the family together eating food. I got to wear a cute little dress with like six inch heels. gold heels with bows on them. We should put a photo of this picture on the front of this podcast, I feel like. Yeah, you, you'll be able to uh, get a good idea of where I was in my uh, life around that period but yeah it was um it was a really really strange thing because because we'd been together so long and then when he did ask me it felt like um it felt like if I said no that would be the end of the relationship Mm, because yeah um 
And if you've been with someone so long, everybody just expects you to get married mm. and stay together forever and all mm. those things and have kids. So it kind of just made me feel like, oh, well, this is what I will do. do then. Because mm. um, I didn't want to split up with him yeah. at the time. So it felt like it would be, again, like too hurtful as well to say no mm. when you've been with someone because that would then perhaps make them feel, oh, well, they don't love me then if they're not going to mm. get married to me. Mm. Um, and also just all those questions of, like you were just saying, the whole thing of, oh, it's a contract, death do us, till, I can't, I can't till death do us part. It's a good job you're here for this. <laughs> yeah, like as if that person, no matter what, you should then stay with. Okay, so regardless of what they do, who they become, they're what not path growing they go with down. you anymore. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're dragging them along. Yeah, you're dragging them along. Like, like that was the thing for me. Whenever my relationships did end, it was because I was on this this growth journey, and I was just going off on this kind of trajectory, completely different way to um, whoever I was with mm-hmm. at the time, and it becomes very exhausting and draining um, trying to get someone to be something they're not and pull them to where you want to be mm-hmm. um, so like imagine if you had that pressure of feeling oh god we're married now mm-hmm. and and really you you're putting your growth on standstill just and because it's not of fair on either side because no. it's not fair on them because they'll be judged so they'll feel judged mm-hmm. so every action that you take uh towards what you want will feel like a judgment on them because they're not on the same path and then it will be you're trying to share things but it'll end up being well why are you not interested in this Mm. as well and it becomes projections on the other person because you want them to be a certain way so the minute you're caught in that judgment loop of like trying to get someone to be different like if if he just changed and just did this well then (laughs) he'll be perfect everything else is great and it's like that holding on to that sense of security that absolutely cripples people from leaving relationships as well and I've been through this loop loads it's funny as well some relationships like for me I just like a six-year one that was like my longest one and I just decided one day woke up one day and literally like my soul made a decision that it just there was more to life was not unhappy was very comfortable we had a lovely penthouse apartment in Dublin like the good life we both had really good jobs like everything was peaceful we never Mm. argued it was like we were best friends and imagine just waking up one day and being like there is more to life and that is all I could feel and it was like it's not you it's me Mm. (laughs) and it is that typical saying yeah (laughs) it's not you it's me but like knowing that you're breaking someone's heart Mm. but then also knowing that if someone's happiness and sense of security and some senses of responsibility are like laid in someone else so they're like literally uh you are holding some of their happiness and they are holding some of yours and it's entangled it's like codependent relationship it's not empowered if if something happens one of the other people uh or if you um it, it's just in general if something happens you and you feel responsible for it mm-hmm. and you are entangled with it it becomes your pain as well mm-hmm. so you are responsible for their life on a level some people want that they want the codependency yeah. and like we're not here telling anyone like what they should do and um, like with marriage and stuff like that first 15 20 minutes is gonna sound like we're saying don't get married you <laughs> whatever you do it's not that yeah. it's like people can choose mm. uh what part of society they want to fit into if they want to operate within a set of rules that society has created because that's what it is mm. marriage was created on as an evolutionary thing to try and control 
property, money, mm. uh, distribution of wealth, uh, security of families, uh, creating that family unit within a system mm -hmm. that makes it function on a whole. And it works to a level, but it also works to keep people stuck mm. and disempowered. So there's a lot of like layers to it. Yeah, it's just good to look at where your like what your layers might be um, mm. that may be a little bit unconscious. Um, so if if you are really upset that you haven't got into a relationship yet, you're like a certain age, all this kind of thing, you don't have kids. It's like, is that really your deep feeling mm -hmm. or is it a pressure that you feel that you have not made it because you haven't got that yet? Is it something because everybody in your family um, seem to have secure relationships? Is it that all your friends have got kids and they're all married? Mm -hmm. So it feels like you're a failure, a failure left on the shelf, missing out. Yeah, mm. is it that you actually have a little bit of work to do on yourself to feel whole on your own, so that you're not externally seeking? Mm -hmm. um, like I, I know, like one of something we joke about is we we say I was like the master manipulator, <laughs> and this was unconscious behaviour. So it's really important to um, kind of become aware of what is conscious and what is unconscious. Mm -hmm. And we have all these little patterns that can play out at certain points in our life that come from a place of lack and a place of kind of seeking. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, because it felt so, even from like the age of 13, I was so interested in boys and wanted that um, approval and attention from boys. So I was always like, who's the next boy that I'm gonna be dating? And mm. obviously it wasn't serious at that age. But <laughs> from, like I left home at uh, 16 and moved in with a, a guy that was like 10 years older than me. And he was the most important thing to me, above me and above my family. So it's like to upset my mum my and that family home didn't even come into my awareness because it was just so important for me to have this man, live with this man, be happy within this relationship and feel that like masculine, that security. Um, and for me now, I know that that was all kind of related to that um, losing my father as a, a child and then going on that kind of seeking journey to, to fill that void, but externally. So I would... Um, find a man <laughs> and then I could quite clearly see all those red flags from the very start of why we wouldn't have been a good match so it wasn't that there was anything um, wrong with them or anything like that it was just that I knew there would be certain things that would long term bug the hell out of me <laughs> or just not match what I needed to be fulfilled or to kind of grow with that person Um. But I would choose to ignore all of those because being on my own seemed so much more painful than um, being in this kind of lie. Mm. Um, so I learned at that time, and, and again, this was unconscious and it was a, a way of just moving away from her and protecting myself and kind of securing those feelings of, of love that I felt like I needed and soothing. So relationships became a crutch for me. Mm -hmm. um, and. I guess like if people want to kind of talk about different crutches like alcohol and um, drugs and um, all these different food. things, food, like relationships was that to me mm -hmm. um, for a long time, from for most of my adult life. Um, and I would create 
uh, what you call like an overlay. So I would see the person, I would see um, the, the, the things about them that kind of filled me with joy and the, the aspects of them that bugged the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. And I would choose to ignore all the ones that kind of annoyed me and paint this incredibly rosy picture of who they were. Rosy. Yeah, super <laughs> rosy. And then I would also um, change who I was so depending on what their feedback was and what they seemed to like, I would uh, change the way I would behave, change the way I would dress maybe, um, what kind of things that I would be interested in, um, the things that I would put up with, um, completely going away from my own sense of self. Because you didn't really have a sense I didn't, of self. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't have a strong sense of self at all. Um, so I guess I found my sense of self through them. Mm. And, and yeah, so it was like this weird little game of, of creating. So you've got two people there living in two completely different realities. Mm -hmm. I've created this overlay. They've probably created one too, if they've come from a place of lack. Mm -hmm. So they're seeing me how they want to see mm -hmm. me and how their perfect woman would be. Mm -hmm. And then we're playing this weird little game of mm -hmm. trying to... Um, stay together and keep this secure feeling and, and keep ourselves soothed and whatever else. It's just avoiding that pain. It's like avoiding yeah. the pain of dealing with not having a dad. Yeah. And that is like the extent that we go to to avoid our pain. It's like, well, what are you avoiding if you are in a relationship? And you'll often find like someone that has an issue, like an eating disorder or something, and they will, and it'll be really bad, and they'll get into a relationship, and the eating eating disorder disappears mm. because actually what they were feeling was that void or a loneliness or something, and then it's been filled by what they were missing, which was a partner. So then, if if they haven't dealt with the reasons to why they had the eating disorder, it's unexplainably disappeared when they yeah. got into a relationship, yeah. and then if that relationship goes maybe 10 years later the eating disorder will return mm -hmm. or something else like alcohol abuse or something else to soothe and they don't know why it's come back mm -hmm. because there's an unconscious pattern playing out that they're not aware of so there's always like funny things that happen that people will go oh, well I have I'll have this eating disorder forever because I had gotten rid of it and now it's back and I mm. don't know why it's mm. come back and it's like a disease and yeah. it's like disempowered oh, it's funny how it comes back every time you're single or mm. yeah yeah and if you can just wake up to those sneaky little patterns that are there that you're just avoiding because you're trying to keep yourself away from pain because the humans spend a lot of life suffering through things including relationships because they're terrified of the pain mm. so it's like if you are in suffering in a relationship and your day-to-day -day is actually not very happy like you might have a few days where you're happy and then something happens in the relationship you're not happy about and then it causes a week of misery a week mm. of suffering a week of he can't see me he doesn't understand me I don't feel loved mm. I don't feel worthy I don't feel like he's giving me enough time mm. there'll be like a long list of things and then you have an argument about it a big blowout then you kiss and make up and then it's like well I found a route to love is to have the argument and then we're going to kiss and make up and now it feels good again for a week or so and then you repeat the same loop again he's staying out too late he's working too much uh, he's spending too much time in the pub, he's spending too much time with his friends, he doesn't see me, he doesn't value me, he doesn't know what I need. Mm. And again, you create the same loop, it blows up, you give out, you have like battles about these things because your needs are not being met. And also because you're expecting somebody else to meet your needs. 
So this is all like codependency. <laughs> and it becomes like we're laughing because it's like I've been there. Mm. I've been in these relationships. Like my first one, like I had I don't know you haven't really had a heartache. No. I've had like my heart broken. But that's because I placed uh, an ideal in someone else that like we were going to be together. Like my first long term boyfriend, I was with him for four years and I had sewn us up. I think I was like with him when I was 17 until mm. like all the way through college, basically. So that's why I never did the wild party life. But I had it sewn up that when uh, I left college, we would build a house. I had the plans done and everything. Um, it would be like the picket fence, three or 2.3 kids or whatever they say. Yeah, 2.3 children. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. And that was it. Like he was the perfect partner. He was gorgeous. And like my self-worth was wrapped up in him as well because because he was attractive physically. Um, I thought that that meant that I was attractive and I was successful, but actually I always felt unattractive in the relationship and never enough. And this is where a lot of my eating issues came from mm. or body image issues because... It was one statement, I think I said it on one of the other podcasts, that he said that, um, oh, well, what are you going to do when you go to college to stay fit, mm. to stay in good shape? And then I just became obsessed with, oh, he won't love me if I'm not in good shape. So it just drove some like serious unconscious behaviours around not feeling enough. Mm. So then when the relationship started to go a bit haywire was when I got jealous. So I didn't feel like I was worthy or enough at, at any point ever. And then I started to like project things onto him about like, oh, well, you find this person attractive. Oh, you looked at her. Mm. And like all of this stuff comes out in so many relationships mm. that like the jealous woman, you know, and then, oh, geez, she's so jealous. She's so controlling. It's actually just insecurity mm. because at some point you've had reflected to you that you're not enough and you're like he might want to be with someone more attractive, whatever the society attraction is. Mm. And you then create your own misery and create arguments around this uh, jealousy complex thing. And it just pushes you away from each other. So I pushed him away because the pain of uh, that idea of jealousy was too much for me to handle. So I would do crazy things like uh, be so upset that thinking that he was going to break up with me that I say I was going to commit suicide. Yeah. Like, you know, you just go into these mad. Yeah. And none of that was ever true. But mm. the heartache was so real. Like, I, I still remember that like pain in my chest mm. of like not having him. That like when when he left, it actually wasn't it wasn't that bad when he left. Finally, mm. it was more the idea of losing it. And then when he did leave, I got over it like in a few weeks. And then it was like I think it's harder to break up with someone sometimes because you have the guilt. It's so hard. Like I that was definitely something I I struggled with. Um, like in my really long uh, relationship with um, the guy I got married to we were just like best mates, we were absolute best mates. And we were so codependent. We were, we lived in each other's pockets. We were 24 seven together, we partied together, we went to the gym together. He helped me with all of my bodybuilding. Um, we even lived like at his mum's together for a while. So I was really like involved in his whole life, all his family. And I used to do that. I would get very close to all of the families straight away and be part of the family um more security yeah exactly mm. and it was like more um, entangled yeah and i like i i would have this thing where i would i guess it was like create be trying to be the perfect person for them at the beginning because then once you feel like you've got them then you can let your guard down and and relax a little bit because you've really got them but i would 
I would definitely take on the role of doing so much for the relationship. Carer. Yeah, the carer and trying to really allowing my boundaries to be overstepped a lot, which I take full responsibility for, um, just to, to feel that security um, and that, you know, like I had them. But then of course you can't maintain that at some point you explode because it's you're not being you you're not being your authentic self um so then as, as you get into the relationship these cracks start to show and you but you're still kind of trying to hold on to the the um perfection. illusionary perfection relationship that you've created um of course there's lots of parts of it that are amazing like like myself and my my ex we like i say we were just best mates mm -hmm. um and we had the the biggest laugh we had so much fun together and like we've spoke about this before like you always gain things mm -hmm. like you know you do grow from Never these experiences mistake. yeah like one of the things he he um taught me and showed me was just not giving a like a fuck about what anyone else thought like just go out there have fun um, don't worry too much about um, rules. rules, yeah, like, who gives toss, like, you know, just do what you want to do, have fun while you're here. Um, and of course, that kind of, like, went to the extreme. <laughs> um, but yeah, the cracks start to show and you then realise all of those things, those red flags you saw right at the beginning, they're still there. Mm -hmm. um, and then you start picking at them for those things, mm -hmm. even though you saw them. Mm -hmm. You chose, I chose to ignore them. Um, and then thinking it's- Thinking you could change them. Thinking I could change mm -hmm. them. Thinking, oh, well, if I can just, and that is exactly what I was like. I, and, and was for many of my relationships. Um, and you're going in straight away judging that person for who they are. Mm -hmm. You're not meeting them where they are and accepting them as they are. And I wasn't meeting them where I was either mm -hmm. and showing them my my true self. Um, so then it goes into this absolute battle of frustration because it's so confusing. Like, why are they like keep on putting me down and telling me I'm not enough as mm -hmm. I am? Like, I thought that you know they loved me for who I was and getting scrutinized for every little thing yeah mm. and then because you you've kind of invested all this time in someone and you're all entangled with family and friends and you have this kind of life that is the two of you yeah it's mm. not just it's not two separate people anymore it's like this merged entity that <laughs> that is stagnant now stagnant because it's been sort of cat growth yeah and and then it's, see, it's so attached to, to what you, you know, that you're attached to the memories and the time you've invested. Maybe you have a house and, mm -hmm. and all this kind of thing. And all of the dreams that you'd kind of laid out, like yourself, mm -hmm. with wanting to, to make it, uh, to get a house and mm -hmm. everything. And then it's like trying to figure out from there what is reality and what is illusion mm. and who are you on your own and still having that fear of being on your own still that hurt that's not been looked at and and acknowledged and and resolved and i absolutely took responsibility for the other person's feeling mm -hmm. so it could take me like two years to make that to decision. leave someone mm. yeah which is it was me feeling sorry for that person so that's totally disempowering to that person 
and you and me mm -hmm. for me to think that they can't cope without me mm -hmm. but part of the reality was that I had created uh, I had uh, made myself into such a they became reliant on such you. a big part of their mm -hmm. life they became reliant on me mm -hmm. if that person was reliant on me I was safe mm -hmm. they wouldn't leave me mm -hmm. because they needed me and that's what the care does and yeah. this is such a common pattern with women they become the carer as opposed to the partner mm -hmm. like you're not two entities anymore it's like well i'm gonna commit to doing all of these things for you and taking away all of those responsibilities yeah. happens on the other side as well like my ex that i was like best friends with as well he used to do all of the car stuff mm -hmm. so like anything to do with my car he would service it change check the tires check the oil so i never had to worry about my car when i left him I had no breeze what to do with my car. So I ended up in a few years with all these car issues that yeah. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with it. It's making yeah. this weird noise. And I had to learn from like, myself. Did you change the oil? No, I didn't even know it was a thing because he was always doing it. But I had to learn. Yeah. Now I know how to do yeah. it. And I could know a, a different sound that the car is making is yeah. like a certain, like the brakes are about to go or mm. there's like the timing belt has gone. Or I had like every issue you can imagine with my poor mini. But it's because I never took those responsibilities myself and he was taking them. I know that's a small example, but like when you are in a codependent relationship, you literally say, okay, here is my shit. I'm going to hand it to you. You hand me some of your shit. Mm. You're holding things for each other, like issues as well, so that you don't have to look at them. Mm. So you will find someone that suits something that you have and they will, they will be attracted to someone that's suiting something or that fills a need for them. So you end up blocking each other from growing because you're both holding each other shit basically yeah. and anytime you do that even with friends family like if you were taking responsibility for someone else's feelings love on some level uh, you're both disempowered mm. you're limiting your growth you're judging them you're judging yourself and it's very entangled and very sticky and very hard or a lot harder to break free of there's a lot more pain in that break whereas if you if you like develop yourself fully first and this is easy to say in hindsight and become whole by yourself so that you're not seeking love in another person you have self-worth so you're not placing your self-worth in someone else as well for them to say that you're enough you feel the self-worth yourself as well like I had this loop that was playing out in my first relationship that he was selfish like I would always do like go the extra mile to make him feel special mm. and make like animations for him and like mm. buy gifts like silly little things you know stuff like that's romantic mm. but it's actually me going do you love me do you love yeah. me and it's like expecting that in return and not getting it made me believe that he was selfish but actually i just had no self-worth yeah and so I some of your stuff was just like going the extra mile because you didn't think you were enough so it's like getting that validation and mm -hmm. and trying to be that perfect mm -hmm woman for security yeah and it's like you the more you give the more you feel like they'll want you mm. and actually sometimes that can become stifling in itself as well and they like they will appreciate it on some level but i've had the the that done to me as well where someone will shower me with gifts or like do all this stuff and it didn't matter it didn't change how i felt about them mm. because you could feel the lack or the place that it was coming from or the little the little uh, tentacles trying to get in to make sure that you're secure and they the person will always feel the intention behind it so if the intention is a genuine like oh this person would love this gift mm. or i feel like it was a really intuitive gift like it felt special or it wasn't like i'm buying this because i want them to love me it was like oh i'm gonna make this for them because they really need this thing mm. uh, they've expressed that they would like something like this and then i'm like oh well i feel that love towards them so i'm gonna take the time to actually do something nice and that feels like caring and the place it comes from is totally different so 
again intention is everything Mm. so what is your intention for the relationship when you enter into a relationship what are you actually entering into like how many people actually even are consciously making decisions about Mm. these things like they just they have the lack they find the person and they go that's the person Mm. and then you spend could spend like 10 years of your life figuring out that that's not the person and that you're actually massively entangled now and you've interwoven your lives to a point where it's difficult Mm. to separate them and there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of strings that need to be severed and all of those things so it's like better if you come from a place of being whole looking at your shit which is very rare how many people actually want to look at the pain Mm. of like who they are why they are have these lacks or behaviors or whatever and then being able to meet somebody else in that space mm. who's also looking at all of their own stuff because when you start to look you'll immediately feel when someone else isn't looking because your blind spots become evident and then the illusions and the layers fall away and then you're left with this like really high standard and I, I say this a lot it's like it there is no harm in having a standard for yourself that is like if it's not this I'm not going to settle yeah just do not settle because the minute yeah. you settle your growth is limited it's so important to take that time to really get to know yourself mm-hmm. really work on yourself know so like so strongly what what your boundaries are like i know i like before i would have been someone that really really struggled with conflict so if there was an ever an argument or anything i would much rather back down even if that meant putting myself in pain mm-hmm. um i would much rather back down and just have everything oh it's okay it's okay like, Calm. just get everything peaceful okay like no one's arguing now so that's cool mm. but nothing is resolved and then of course that problem comes back up again a mm. month later mm-hmm. and continues and continues and you've already allowed that boundary to be overstepped then mm-hmm. So you're kind of like lying down a little bit more and more and more. Um, you can get physically ill as well. Yeah. You can ignore your gut, you'll get gut issues. If you're not speaking up, you'll get throat issues. Mm. Like there's loads of um, physical things that can manifest from not listening to yourself. Or like you might struggle to get pregnant. You know, there'd be like all sorts of things interwoven into a relationship that's actually not coming from an impaired place. So it's like kind of uh, super impairing to watch. Like things that might happen physically within certain relationships as well Mm. so like what actually manifests for you in that relationship and what are you what kind of stress are you causing dis-ease to your body Mm. uh, because of it by staying stuck just because you're afraid of the pain of being alone it's like the fear of being uh, not being secure and then where does that come from was your mother like that Mm. you know have your parents instilled into you that in order to be successful you need to get married you need to settle down you need to find love and have the fairy tale and if it's not the fairy tale you're a failure and like even when you've had perfect examples of parents that can actually stifle you as well it's like can make you believe that there's a fairy tale (laughs) yeah and you've always got this kind of perfect example then that you have to try and live up to um and it doesn't you know relationships come in all different ways and the, the most um, beautiful ones can come much later in life for some people. Mm-hmm. It, and they're not forever. Yeah, like this is it. Like mm-hmm. I, we've both had, I'm not going to say many, that sounds <laughs> crazy, but like we've had exper- different experiences with different relationships, long-term ones, you know, and then slightly shorter ones. And, you know, maybe the next person I meet, maybe it's like this six-month 
connection where there's just so much growth it's like empowering we have amazing times together you learn we, loads yeah challenge each other but then maybe there's no more growth at the end of that six months and we go off on our way instead of staying together for six years mm -hmm. and, because those six months were so good yeah <laughs> and like for example if the sex is really good mm -hmm. you have that passion and lust mm -hmm. and everything entangled there too mm -hmm. and it's then kind of getting to grips with okay what is this am i just pulled in here because the sex is really good and then you've got all those chemicals running through your mm. your body every time you kind of meet them mm. and then again it's like a, is it a crutch mm -hmm. are you then having all those sexual experiences with that person that becomes like this endorphin rush uh, like having a a really nice bar of chocolate or whatever <laughs> you know like you're kind of getting something out of it but again from a place of lack yeah and then what are you soothing <clears throat> with those behaviors yeah. like why are you seeking that uh that rush or that high or whatever like yeah you can have uh like i had a relationship that was like three months but i probably grew more from that relationship than it was a bit longer than that it wasn't even a proper relationship mm. but it was the first one i opened up to since i started bodybuilding and I grew more in those few months than I had in any other relationship because they were on a level that I had not experienced before um, in terms of like personal growth. Mm -hmm. So then having that example and also more of a conscious connection as opposed to like, or we're just doing sex and we're doing relationship and we're doing like how we always do relationships. And it's like breaking down the boundaries of how to do that uh, allows you to be open to like all in, fully all in with somebody in an experience and then being okay when it uh, falls away so like the minute the growth stops for one or the other person it's like it's okay to step out and not feel responsible for them and to honor how you feel and then because if you stay in something because you feel responsible for them you're stopping their growth as well yeah. and you're judging and you're going to be in judgment of them until they change which they won't because you're they'll feel the pressure yeah. they'll feel the judgment it becomes not fun mm. like and then why are you Staying there's no there. space for either person is there no so noisy yeah and it's just a continual judgment and battle of each other to try and get people to be like you mm. as opposed to when you're in an interdependent relationship which not many people are talking about like really uh is when you are both whole both growing both doing your own things uh having your own freedom your own space and you can come together and like have an intimate experience and be in a space of love together without having all of these entanglements and I'm not talking about an open relationship either mm. because I actually feel like the the labels that we put on all of these different types of relationships are just more entanglements and more contracts and more yeah. conditions none of them are unconditional so like if you're in an open relationship there's still rules because you have to set out your own rules well how many people are you okay to be with mm. you know and then it becomes all sorts of weird actually there's more issues because there's more people involved yeah so it's like that that's not uh interdependency to me it's like mm. two people whole by themselves not looking or seeking anything or to place anything in anyone else dealing with all of your own shit and then also working together to get more freedom more growth support each other celebrate life together mm. have cool experiences together not uh, getting entangled in disempowered shit that just holds you back, stops you from growing, keeps you in pain, um, or keeps you in suffering, I should say. Mm. Like a lot of people choose the suffering rather than the pain of leaving. So it's like knowing that you can go all in on that and not be afraid if that goes away. You know, it's like full, full like head first into it without any expectations or conditions. 
because the minute someone feels like they have a condition on something that is the minute that they will start to feel contracted around the relationship because it is literally a contract a condition makes you contracted so it may, stops you from growing all of a sudden we've got limits on what we can do mm. and I keep going through the the loop of unconditional love with people because it's such a, a hard thing to understand and I feel like I've gotten the full download of it now like it's not just the love that a parent has for a child it's like uh, in a space of being able to love everybody. So it's like I can love the homeless person on the street as much as I love my partner. Like everybody is, we are all part of this one system, this one universe. I can love the murderer knowing that I could do that myself. And I can see where the pain has led them to be that person mm -hmm. or to do the acts that they've done. And then it's like that space of unconditional love. And then you can still have a romantic connection within a space of unconditional love and not be entangled yeah you you agree or you you come together like romantically sexual to grow again like to empower each other to explore to have experiences because we are here to live mm. to have fun but then also not being like well if we're in a relationship together here are the conditions you may not look at another woman yeah. <laughs> you have to hold my hands now um, we have to do these things together. People have to see us as X, Y, and Z because yeah. that's the many you're layering conditions in on top of it. Even if there's more than one person involved, like if it is an open relationship, oh. you still have conditions. Well, am I the first woman? Yeah. Um, are we doing this on Saturday? You know, it's like, and then all of a sudden, everybody starts to feel really sticky because you're just trying to control something that is not yours to control and it's disempowering on both sides. It is not growth. It is uh, a whole heap of pain mm. <laughs> and, and suffering. It's all that kind of like keeping up appearances as well then. And also something that, that I just thought of then when you were, were speaking was when people end up um, in a place in the relationship where they're, they're neither growing and, and neither happy, you get all this like gossipy stuff. Mm -hmm. So the women go off to the friends and just mm -hmm. like... Tear totals, them down. Tear them down. Mm. Like every little thing about them. And the man will be saying, Oh God, the missus is nagging mm. at me. That's a little <laughs> bit stereotypical. It's true. But it's though. true, isn't it? Yeah. And like that was always something that used to used to kind of like I, I didn't wanna wanna be in that space. Um like I tried, yeah, tried not to do that even when I, because I would feel quite protective about my relationship, even though if it wasn't going how I wanted it to, it would still feel quite sacred, those two Respectful. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I would always find it strange when people would completely like disrespect the partner mm. whenever they weren't in the room mm. or like rolling their eyes and mm -hmm. like swear, or swearing mm. under the breath and stuff. And it's like that energy living together mm. where they like sat on the sofa and they friggin hate it. they actually hate mm. each other you know and it's like even from a from a sexual point of view as well like energetically we were talking about this like when the vagina says no mm -hmm. <laughs> like when you get to that place where okay so you're in this relationship where there's all these conditions okay we have to sleep together mm -hmm. we have to live together um, we do sex on a Saturday. Yeah, we have date night, we have sex on a Saturday, or we have sex whenever one of us wants, wants it. it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, because you've been together for a while, there's no actual asking, mm -hmm. is it okay if mm. I uh, do this? Would you like to have sex? It's just go. It's just go, and it becomes this 
uh, like demand almost or something that you both feel you have to do mm-hmm. and your body starts to reject it. body starts to reject it. Like I know that I have experienced it where I just couldn't have sex anymore. Mm-hmm. I could, like it was painful to, to do it and my whole body would be stiff. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing to do with that person. Like uh, as, as a, like the whole relationship, we'd had such an amazing sex life and so connected in, in that place. It was just because we were no longer suited. Mm-hmm. We weren't growing anymore together. And my soul knew that, mm-hmm. even though I was determined to kind of stay and figure it all out on a logical level and be like, oh, but we we have all of this together, like we, we can do this together. But my soul knew different. And part of me, part of me said yes to the sex. Mm-hmm. And another part of me was saying absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to listen to our bodies and the way that it's maybe changing when we're in a contracting, relationship. Yeah, not contracting, not allowing. Yeah, it doesn't want it. And you get the clear signals of it's actually painful now. Yeah. So sex can become painful all of a sudden where it was uh, all the fun before. And yeah. it's like now all of a sudden you don't want it. It's like, Or you start to get maybe lots of issues mm-hmm. like down below. and mm-hmm. mm. Or like the, the male will have issues. They won't mm-hmm. be able to have sex because they feel on some level that you don't want them. Mm. So then you have this like people go to the doctors because you have erectile dysfunction or there's something wrong. And actually it's just that neither of you are happy. And like if, if you left that relationship, all the issues might actually just disappear. So there's All of no a sudden, issue. the floodgates open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's so, so strange, like, but something yeah. you were saying there as well about uh, when they bitch about each other, mm-hmm. like the women will go and tear their man down behind their back and stuff. Say like a, a woman's doing that with her friends, and then uh, she goes home to her husband, and he will feel on an energetic level that that has actually taken place, and she'll feel guilty. She'll feel guilty. So the inertia is actually there, but just because you haven't said it to their face mm. they will feel it they'll feel the energy in you yeah. that you have been doing that and they'll feel some like resistance to you and then you get your reality reconfirmed that he doesn't love me oh, he's cold or mm-hmm. oh he doesn't listen to me and he's emotionally shut down mm-hmm. like blah 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 like loads of stuff so they on an energetic level you always feel what's going on so like mm. the signals are there if you want to pay attention to them as well yeah it's trying to like if if we are in a relationship it's trying to understand them mm. on the deepest level and for for them hopefully to want to understand you at the mm. deepest level as well so we all have these parts of us that you know we might have these surface behaviors that that can seem a little bit quirky or whatever to other people so it's understanding and and having the freedom to really open up and express this to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, sometimes I'm a little bit clingy because I have an insecurity. I fear rejection because of A, B and C that happened to me in past relationships or as a child. Mm-hmm. So it's like having that open and adult discussion with this person. So you can understand each other. Yeah, instead of being judged as clingy and needy. And instead of you being rejected because they feel like you're too clingy and needy, Mm -hmm. it's like having that conversation and for then the partner to say, well, I feel a little bit um, claustrophobic because I had this happen to Mm -hmm. me and I really just feel like I need space for A, B and C because Mm -hmm. of, you know, all these different things that lead us to the people that we are. So that then you can kind of say, well, 
let's put some boundaries in then. Each person has their own boundaries and get to know each other actually. And let's actually look at the shit that's there. Yeah. So like if you are still trying to navigate that stuff yeah. and you're not looking at it, it's like you can say you have this insecurity, but what are you doing to deal with the yes. insecurity? So like the, the boundaries don't become as necessary when you deal with your own insecurities. Mm. There will always be like uh, certain boundaries around your own space. If you want something or not, it's like there are permissions and asking and forgiving and receiving. It's mm. like you have to uh, understand that you are interacting with another person and it's not just things are given. Yeah. It's like the those kind of boundaries are important. But like if you're not looking at your shit, and if someone does have an insecurity and someone else feels claustrophobic and you keep triggering each other yeah. and then you keep having the same argument. It's just like poking a wound, isn't mm-hmm. it? But also to know yourself and really allow yourself to go out there and get what you really feel you desire. So if you are someone that, you know, you've done some work on yourself, you feel like whole and you actually feel ready to go and meet someone where you are and where they're at, like I know that I'm someone that really loves a lot of stroking and like someone to play with my hair mm. and it's not that like they they have to do it but like I would you like, like that mm. so for me I would like someone that was quite touchy and cuddly mm. I really love uh, people that are kind of they, they want to move with the bodies so like just out there to explore the world and not feel insecure about bodies and physical you know to really just be free of that Mm -hmm. Um, because that's where I am and I just know I would not get as much growth if I'm with someone that perhaps doesn't want to go skinny dipping Mm -hmm. because they feel yeah like so those kinds of things to look at so less looking at it like a business contract like Mm. oh well they've got this much money oh we can have this nice house together it's like what are the real fundamental things that are going to give you growth Mm -hmm. if you're together with that person and what are the things that are really going to block and stunt your growth Mm -hmm. you know if it's if it's someone that like for me I want to travel and have adventure so I don't want to be with someone that wants to stay in the same place and be Mm -hmm. secure and solid, like Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of being honest Mm -hmm. and free to express those wants. And really just defining what you want. And sometimes you need to go through loads of different people to be able to define what you actually want because you only figure out what you want by going through things you don't want. So then you can say, well, I don't want someone who's stuck to land and wants to only be in one place and doesn't like to travel and doesn't like to dance Mm -hmm. and and these are just things that you enjoy doing in life so like finding someone to share those things with and then also looking at why you want someone to share in the same things you know it's like can you find someone who is complete opposite to you and enjoys opposite things but also has like core values that are the same so like they still like to cuddle and like be affectionate and you have like amazing passion together but it's conscious you know you're not like with sex is funny because so much of sex and how we do sex is based on society's version of it and porn so like people learn how to do sex from porn mm. so it's like immediately not conscious immediately external all visual um people get off in different ways but mm. they're they're looking externally for like how to do it as opposed to like really connecting on a conscious level which is totally different then you're not caught in looking uh for a certain body type you're not caught in looking for the person to be a certain way. You're looking for a soul that will like match you on an energetic level mm. and that you can experience something completely different, which is where like 
tantra comes in mm. like all sorts of sex magic and stuff that is like a seems a little bit out there but it's actually super powerful mm. and for your own growth and energy uh, on a spiritual level on an energetic level on a body level for healing uh, I don't really like that word but no I know it's <laughs> hard not to say it sometimes but <laughs> yeah it's like to to kind of connect with, I mean we'll do a whole episode about actual tantra. just tantra and sex and all the all the other juicy stuff but like sex can be can be again kind of used in this way that's almost like a drug mm-hmm and it keeps you can keep you stuck mm-hmm. so you're not looking at things and and dealing with those deep rooted kind of traumas or whatever it is that's going on for you so like sex sexual experiences might be like you trying to play something out because you feel like you don't have it in your reality mm-hmm. and then sex with that person if it's like a fetish or whatever can become your way of exploring that so your way of feeling power if you feel powerless in mm-hmm. your normal reality mm-hmm. and then you're not you're not looking at the 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 issue of where you first felt powerless mm-hmm. and then how that's manifested in you not moving forward and fulfilling your potential whilst you're here exactly so it's it's so important to be looking at these things and the interactions we have and relationships we have and and yeah like when we first get with someone if it's all fiery and you know being that perfect person for someone and you know like for a woman to be that porn star Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. and and it's not reality and then a lot of the times what happens is the woman is that until they get married and then they go oh well saw that off because that's not me and then they completely change who they are and then the the guy will feel cheated or the girl whatever way Mm. it's going and he'll be like, you're not the same person that I married. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it's The like, illusions come away. And then the two, again, with with not being happy on many, many levels, but then not being fulfilled uh, sexually, and then people starting to kind of look elsewhere to get those uh, urges and desires fulfilled by someone else, like someone new that has that same excitement and and dresses up or whatever it is mm. like they used to when they first got together mm. um and and yeah just um like especially if you if you've got with someone from this place of lack and created these overlays and then everything's exposed because you can never really hide who you are mm. and both people are they feel cheated they feel resentment like god mm. damn you are not who, who i thought you were. yeah and then it's and like you're like no i'm not am i <laughs> no, i'm not how did this all happen and then people get so miserable resentful um and, and not, they cheat and then they cheat and they're not taking any ownership you'll you'll hear it so much like people blaming one person mm-hmm. for the breakdown of a relationship mm-hmm. or when someone does cheat it's like it's their fault yeah it's they are so judged for being disloyal and cheating but it's like again looking at the surface behaviors Mm -hmm. the cheating is a surface behavior that has come from much deeper layers that could have been building for years Mm -hmm. it could have been something as simple as ignoring those red flags and because you were coming from a place of lack, you chose to go into that relationship, invest, and and almost lie, you know, to, to that person to, to bring them in and mm-hmm. keep them solid, mm-hmm. and then pissed off when they turn around and, and cheat. cheat on you. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's all these... these Funny kind of... little things going on. There's loads of, like, uh, people that just get stuck then. 
they don't know they they can't deal with the pain of a breakup they can't deal with the pain because they're taking responsibility for other people's feelings so they'd rather sit in suffering for the rest of their life than deal with the guilt and the pain of actually breaking their heart so it's like uh, oh I couldn't do that like oh and the the belief and in investment of time is one of the biggest things that will actually cripple you and this is the same for like uh, work so if you have invested so much time in your career and your job and the same with a relationship if you've invested so much time like time is this thing that we've invested in something or a job or whatever and then you have like this massive weight on that and then you keep yourself stuck where you are and miserable because you're afraid of wasting that time. Whereas you'll waste another 10 years of your life wasting time mm. rather than just uh, pulling the bandage off, dealing with the short-term pain rather than the long-term suffering. And this happens with so many uh, diseases and disorders and stuff as well. It's like, do you want to sit in suffering or do you want to just deal with the short-term pain of what you're avoiding? You know, like uh, we just spend our whole lives trying to get away from pain. So it just becomes like a massive barrier for us to move forward. And people get stuck on these decisions. Like you were saying, for a few years, mm. it would take you to make a decision. And then sometimes there is just a soul level decision that just happens. Like for me, that's happened a few times where it's just been like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> for no reason, really. Like, and people will ask. And actually, one of those, the six year relationship was particularly easy for me to leave because we weren't entangled. Our lives were very separate, mm. but we weren't growing together. We were growing separately completely. We weren't growing from each other. Yeah, and that that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, like in one of my relationships, we were both very supportive of each other. So there wasn't anything we really missed out on, mm. if you know, like mm -hmm. there was all those opportunities still there. Mm -hmm. But then it gets to the point where it's like, separate. Mm, we're just too, too separate mm. that what's the actual point of, you just end up housemates. You're just ticking a box. Yeah. Because now we are, you know, we're solid and we, and you also build identities with people yeah. as couples. Yeah. So people see you as this power couple or whatever. I was just going to say that then. There's like a, a shame almost to split up mm -hmm. because you have, you have that, that. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, especially if you're someone on social media and you've posted about this relationship mm -hmm. it's like you don't want people to see that it it's a failure now yeah. mm. oh there was cracks and we didn't show them i mm. had that when uh like I, I wasn't in a relationship for like four years it's important to spend that time by yourself at some point to like really get to know who you are and what you want and then also what uh, lack you might have or what you might be trying to fill mm. And when I did decide to go for uh, a relationship again, and it only lasted a few months, like having this massive wall built up because I was terrified to get hurt. So I really had built this big, no, I don't need anybody, but it was a hurt wall. It mm -hmm. wasn't like a, I'm waiting for the right person. It was like, no, I'm really trying to keep myself from having that heartache again, because the previous one before that was, was the, the massive biggie. heartache. Mm -hmm. And when I did that and I took the wall down, um, I really, I wasn't I did it completely fearlessly so I wasn't expecting it to be like for a long time and I put it on social media and it was a big thing because I hadn't ever shared like people thought I was lesbian then yeah. as well because I wouldn't share anything about guys there was no I didn't date anyone for years I literally didn't even go on a date because mm. I was like so afraid of being hurt mm. and also wasting my time was a big thing so I don't want to waste my time on those dates when they're not for me but I was getting good at reading what I wanted as well and then when it only lasted a few months and I'd put the full love story on social media that I was able to turn around completely unashamedly and go oh yeah it didn't work out yeah. <laughs> so there was no big like oh poor me yeah. I, I got my heart broken he's a dickhead and blah 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 I actually grew so much from it it was very grateful for that 
few months of an experience mm -hmm. that from that point on, I was able to redefine what I was looking for mm -hmm. in a potential interdependent partner in life. Uh, if Even if that's only for a few months, a year, 10 years, forever, whatever, if you continue to grow together, there's no reason you cannot have that person there until you're very old or yeah. whatever. Until And it, it might happens. even be like, say, say you had that kind of four or six month uh, relationship or whatever you want to call it, connection, mm. and then you go off on these different timelines and who knows, you may even come back together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if that person was someone that you you were both attracted to each other, mm -hmm. but then you've got other things to kind of do separately. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like having that freedom. Mm. You don't need to say, well, now that we're a thing, that you need to stick by my side the mm. whole time. You can, you can kind of have that interdependence with somebody and still go away for a year yeah. and come back and not have any conditions on it. It's like, if we are growing, connected, talking, you know, still growing together separately as well, but like maybe you don't speak for a month, Maybe you don't speak for six months, maybe mm. it comes back and it's not a thing that, oh, oh, you left me and then I'm going to hold resentment for you. You know, I'm going to hold a grudge and then you are holding the grudge. So it's hurting you. It's like the energy yeah. that you hold on that is not a uh, growth energy. It's like that whole, how could you do this to me sort of thing <laughs> that people get at the end of a relationship. Mm. I just feel so like... Heartbroken. Yeah, it's... Mm. Um, yeah, it's not an empowering place to, to put yourself. Well, you're handing your power over to someone else and that is the victim control. And it's not loop. attractive. Mm -mm. Like, no, it makes like them it, re resist you even more yeah. and push away. Like, I can't live without you. It's like, okay, see ya. <laughs> That's like a warning sign for me. You but know? it's so desperate and, it, and the person will feel, if you are... If you are in a relationship that someone feels responsible for you, then that will keep them stuck because they will have too much fear and guilt around leaving you because they know that you might kill yourself or yeah. you, you just can't live without them. So you hold this massive responsibility for them then. And that is disempowering them and stopping your growth. So the two of you are in pain, suffering together because of that. Not able to explore life, not able to experience things. Like part of the reason I left my long, like six year relationship was I just thought there was more. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to experience more. And we had no plans to get married, have kids, any of those things. And we didn't, we were both quite happy avoiding our shit together. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, yeah. eh? And it was happy. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. so comfortable, but I got bored mm -hmm. of the same thing day in, day out. And like from the moment that I left that relationship, my life got wild, crazy. Like I started bodybuilding. I went and did loads of new things and yeah, I, I created loads of drama and shit for myself as well. But I learned, like I grew and I am where I am now because I left that relationship. If I hadn't left, God knows what I'd be doing now. Well, there's also that other layer then, isn't there, of having children. Mm -hmm. So if people, a lot of people will be in a relationship, they are fearful that it's going to end. Mm -hmm. So what's Kids the best thing it. to do? Like, apart from getting married, but also to have children together, to fix things, to secure things. And it's like, okay, now we've got each other and there's no getting We're out. tied together another by another thing. What an absolute <laughs> nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, for for going into that kind of unconsciously and, and not, not even fully knowing yourself, not fully knowing the person that you're with and then having a child. Yeah, and then the child gets all the trauma of mm. that uh, not solid connection that you might have built with someone. And people can have amazing 
partnerships with kids that uh, they're still not in a romantic connection with, but they can still create like a really solid base for the children to have a healthy upbringing, yeah. even though they're not still together. Sometimes what's more damaging is staying together because you have kids and then the kids seeing a really unhealthy uh, male-female uh, example yeah. in front of them every single day rather than allowing yourselves to separate yeah. and finding happiness within yourselves so that they can know that it's all welcome, mm. it's all okay and you still have a good example of what uh, someone who is uh, solid in themselves and very grounded and like just sure of themselves and like a good example of a father, a good example of a mother mm. or, or like a clean, a clear mirror for them to just mirror from. And it's like part of the reason we don't want kids is we don't want to create any trauma. It's so <laughs> much responsibility. Like it is so much responsibility. Like we have so much respect for mums. The, the mums that we work with. Oh my God. And they're like the superheroes. Oh my, like the the, the load that they take, the emotional load they take, the physical load. The responsibility for the family. The responsibility, like, oh, it is just... Intense. Intense, and it is relentless. Mm. There's not a break. There's not, like, a minute. And there's so, there's so little time to put any effort into looking after themselves. Mm. Um and it's it's like a loop that they keep they can get into then. And they put everyone else first. But then you know, then the child has a mirror of a mother that doesn't really love, love value herself. herself. She mm-hmm. doesn't really love herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> trying to keep everyone happy, busy yeah. being the carer, and then like again, it's like you do have a responsibility for your children to bring them up. You know, like you kids cannot raise themselves like mm. some animals can but kids can't <laughs> i don't know how humans have become so dependent oh, on no. as a species we're quite delicate <laughs> but um they need you for a certain point up into a certain point to teach them mm. you know to show them a good example of like what it is to be an impaired human and so many mums just sacrifice themselves it's like a massive self-sacrifice and that can feel like that is the unconditional love but that is not loving yourself mm. And it's the the hardest thing to do is to actually uh, help a mum realise that she needs to love herself first. For the family unit, Mm -hmm. for for the health of everyone, Mm -hmm. it's the mum that should come first Mm -hmm. in her, you know, the energy that she puts, where she puts it first is Mm -hmm. her, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole filling your own cup first thing is so true. You can't give from an empty cup, you can't give from a half full cup, because you'll always feel drained and there will always be a meltdown at some point Mm -hmm. and then the kids end up feeling your unhappiness so that they'll feel if you are sad they'll feel if you are drained and then they end up feeling responsible for you to make you happy mm. so then the kids become a carer in some way as well and they mirror the same behaviors of not loving themselves and it's like that this is why we're like oh you can't have kids because imagine all the trauma I would pass to them. <laughs> like kids are so so in tune they feel everything and and I've I've experienced this as a kid and I've heard stories of other um, mums telling me uh, that their child has come to them and said things like, are you okay, Mm. mummy? Which is kind of normal. We all have our little, you know, ups and downs and and it's beautiful that a kid would come and comfort you. But it is so easy then for that to swing over and the kid to start taking responsibility for the parent. Mm -hmm. The role's reversed. Yeah, feeling the burden actually of the the mother's sadness Mm -hmm. or the father's sadness. or just that disease within the family unit for the child to then take that mm-hmm. on as theirs and mm-hmm. 
and feel responsible for it and then kind of grow up feeling responsible mm -hmm. and that their role is now the carer role and that's what they seek then in their future yeah. relationships yeah and even like if the mum doesn't get love from the dad because their relationship is not uh they're not looking you know they're it's not like um a growth focused relationship they're both caught on their own issues mm -hmm. the one of the children or all of the children can end up uh being the source of love yeah. for the mum or for the dad and the mum will go to that child for that love and the child takes on like a partner role instead of uh, a child role yeah. and then they, they get confused about who they are and what their, their role is in life and it's so easy for these things to happen because yeah. we're all just seeking soothing yeah. and like comfort and love and kid can soon become like a cuddly teddy can't they mm -hmm. and it's like oh like it's the quickest route to get that amazing like unconditional love mm -hmm. And they are pure, unconditional yeah. love until they grow up and then have all of their own issues. <laughs> well, I was like this with my cat, actually, my little my little boy oh, cat, <laughs> Mayo. Like, I didn't realise at the time. Like, I just, obviously, I loved him. We had this, like, incredible bond. Um, but looking back, I can see that, like, a lot of, a lot of the relationship I had with him was me using him as a crutch, an emotional crutch, and as a way of soothing. Because the minute I walked in the room, he would be purring, rolling on his back. I could be so sad and just grab hold of him and cuddle him and he would fall asleep with me. He would follow me around the house, sit on my knee. Mm. It was just like this constant supply of love and comfort and soothing that I needed at that time. And it was an unfair exchange of energy completely unfair mm. and he was there for that you know I guess for me but looking back at it it was not as simple as oh I love my cat look at me giving him love and he's giving me love back mm. it was um yeah a soothing for me wasn't fair no <laughs> the poor kitty the poor cat. little baby <laughs> but he would again like he would take on what I was feeling mm -hmm. So if I felt sadness, yeah, if I felt grief, loneliness, whatever those things were that were going through my system energetically, I would go to him with that. That's what I was giving him mm -hmm. when I was getting soothed. And this can, again, like manifest in, in illness. Like he got um, like a kidney problem. And like, I, I'm positive that this will have been to do with that energetic, that mm -hmm. unfair, energetic exchange and he's just like this pure consciousness mm -hmm. you know absorbing and soaking everything mm -hmm. that kind of comes into his field and animals really are i've experienced this on like a i'm trained in reiki i did mm. it in india and i've done reiki on people's pets mm. and i can feel all of the compensations that are going on in the in the pet like a lot yeah. of the time the pets will have massive anxiety and they're holding anxiety for their owners. So they, they are like children, they're unconsciously absorbing things and you can feel yeah. their energy and the worry in their bellies, like you can literally feel it. Mm. It's like, it's amazing to see what they actually hold. Mm. And then it's like, when you're aware of that, it's like, well, you don't really want to do that to the pet. You know, it's like, or, or the no. child. And it's so crazy. Like, I know we're kind of going off track. Well, we're not really, because <laughs> it's still relationships, relationships we're with everything. Pets. pets, I know. <laughs> But it can relate to children, it can relate to anything, but if you look around you, the people you have around you, or your children especially, and pets, they become a mirror for mm -hmm. you. And you can look at them, and I had this 
fucking profound experience with my cats <laughs> where I went on this little journey with them around the house <laughs> and they showed me mirror images of different versions of me. So my little boy, Mayo, was showing me uh, the version of me that was living in fear. So he had taken on this part of me and his behaviour was like this fear. He was always scared. He didn't want to go outside. Um, he had this kidney kidney problem. He lost his hearing. So I was like, damn, this is all like uh, symbolising uh, senses. Mm -hmm. And he also had an eating issue so he, was, he was so the, the little boy would not stop eating he begged for food constantly yeah and like i'd had this problem with food so it's like how the hell is my cat mirroring my, my eating behaviors but it's because he had the emotions that were attached to those eating behaviors dumped onto him or they were in his awareness and he he wanted to take them on you know and, and soothe me and stuff as well so he he created this mirror for me and I was like oh my lord like if you feed the fear so he was like eating to feed that fear then you lose your senses you're deaf mm. dumb you don't have your you're not awake mm. to to your senses to the you know the spirit world or whatever you know your higher higher state of consciousness I was like mother this is insane <laughs> and then I had my my other the little girl blitz and she was mega independent she just wanted to be free she wanted to be outside like really wild catching birds catching mice she wouldn't give you if you came to her for, she she would only want to have uh, strokes when she wanted to have them mm. and it gave me this mirror of like she wouldn't come to me and I, at the time I was trying, I was there with the intention of her coming to me because I wanted something from her, which was love mm. and confirmation that I was like the good kitty mama. Mm. And she wouldn't come to me. So I had this moment where I just released that and allowed her to be her and completely uh, no attachment. And I was like, we're separate, two separate beings. There's, I don't need her and she doesn't need me. And I released all of that need to to have something from her. And then she just trotted over to me straight away. <laughs> so it was like this kind of mirror of the minute you're not seeking anymore, that's when you're not seeking externally, that's when you feel love because mm -hmm. it's from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and then just, it comes to you. Yeah. And then that kind of love comes to you. And that's why it's so important to feel that wholeness yeah. in yourself because that is what you will attract externally. So whatever you have internally and whatever you feel on the mm. internal is what you get in your yeah. reality. It is the mirror you get. Same with your kids, your partner. Yeah. They mirror your shit to you the whole time. And it, actually, one of the reasons would be useful to have a child is to actually get your own stuff mirrored to yeah, you. Yeah, you could, like if you wanted to, you could delve into some incredible stuff if you're, if you're able and mm -hmm. ready to do that deep dive. Like, because they're going to show you every single mm -hmm. day what your issues are yeah because they're going to be on a plate they will start developing the same issues as well or they will be able to express your emotions better than you can express them because yeah. they if there's like a sense of grief in the house or if there's a and not allowance of a certain emotion the mm. kids will end up expressing it because they can feel the suppression of the emotion yeah. so like you, you could be like i just don't know where they get it from i don't know why they're like this da, 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 da. Mm. and it's like because there might be something suppressed within mm -hmm. you or your partner mm -hmm. that the child is like a channel for. They can feel it. And it might feel erratic or like it's coming out of nowhere, mm -hmm. like there wasn't anything that triggered it. Mm -hmm. 
but it's like an energetic thing that's kind of in the house and mm -hmm. around each person and mm -hmm. yeah the, the more time you spend as well this is why it's important um energetically when you have sex with people who you choose to have sex with mm -hmm. people if you are single like then what that's something to explore then mm -hmm. like I why know, are you attracting yeah and what are you allowing into mm -hmm. your your body mm -hmm. into your energy stream energy stream what emotions have they have they not dealt with they're dumping onto you mm -hmm. and you are merging with their energy yeah you're literally. taking that on mm. um and it's like i because i've been single now for nine months i think or ten is that the longest ever that is the longest ever <laughs> like genuinely since i was 16 i've never been single more than a few weeks mm. i've just gone from long-term relationship to long-term relationship and when i had all these kind of insights and like awakened to all of those unconscious behaviors i was like oh christ i like i really just need to be single mm -hmm. because it's that whole thing of i i don't want to um Keep mess, mess with someone it. I don't want to yeah I don't want to keep attracting things that are not um authentic um and I don't want to do that loop again where I it, it feels like wasting someone's time a little bit you know mm -hmm. um and when you become conscious of that you certainly don't want to replay that um so I knew I had to have some serious time being on my own to work through my own stuff and then attract from that place what mm -hmm. i really want um and even just been able to define what you want yeah yeah, yeah it takes a bit of time yeah take some time like I, I i don't know yet like mm -hmm. it's clicking into place for me mm -hmm. um it's definitely getting clearer and clearer but i think i will have to have a few of these little experiences along the way like i've had sex since i've been single but then got to the point now where I'm just not bothered. Mm. Like I was saying to Claire, she's laughing at me because I'm calling it a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> What's Put a the... chastity muscle. Sabbatical's chast... like a break from work. What's but like... the other word though? That... Celibate. Celibate. I feel like celibate's <laughs> too final. So a sexual sabbatical feels more congruent. <laughs> so yeah, like I'd, I just don't, honestly, more from an energetic point of view I just don't want to mingle and merge mm. my because I'm trying to get clearer and get my channel clear and just get rid of all of the past stuff that you, exactly. you've allowed in like yeah. because because I've had a lot of sexual encounters <laughs> um she's a naughty one you know and I've, yeah like I've, I've explored I've, ex deep. <laughs> I've gone deep deep and meaningful on the old sexual explorations um, but it's been it's been amazing, you know. I've had some, I've, I've had some good. No regrets. <laughs> no, absolutely zero regrets. But also becoming very aware of what you've done to your energy, what I've done to my energy, the times that perhaps I've done stuff from this place of seeking and from lack, when there was parts of me that was saying no and I said yes. The boundaries, yeah. Yeah, and playing roles for other people to please them. And you end up not trusting yourself. So we're talking a lot about trust with you and mm -hmm. how you don't trust your, you, or you how in the past you haven't trusted your gut and your instincts. And that is from a place of saying yes when you yeah. you want, you actually don't want to do it. Yeah. So anytime you do that, it's like you learn to not trust yourself and you, your, yourself doesn't trust yourself. So like there's yeah. like an incongruency in yourself and those decisions. And talking about trust and relationships actually, because it's a big topic. 
it's like well you need to build trust and I don't trust you until you prove yourself to mm. me and and then does it become like well I won't trust you until you marry me mm. and it's like if you do not trust yourself you cannot trust another person and when you feel that you fully trust yourself you don't need to trust another person because when you trust yourself you can, you can trust yourself everything. Mm, you can trust yeah. yourself to know the person in front of you so you don't need to question whether they're going to leave you or not or you're not entangled you're not coming from that place I trust myself fully therefore whatever is in front of me I trust that I know what that is and what their intention is and I don't need to get to know them don't need to know their past I don't need to know where they're going I can be present with them where they are now not put any conditions on it and trust that I am making decisions that are from my highest good mm -hmm. um, a place that I'm coming from is a place of fullness wholeness um, not seeking you know, so like for me, I've spent years, like five or so years single, more than that probably, uh, besides that one little three month yeah. <laughs> connection. The stint. It was probably longer than three months, but it feels like three months. <laughs> and, and not dating even, like not even bothering unless it felt worth it. And for me now, it's like I feel like I, I have been able to define what I want and work through a lot of my own stuff. So now I'm quite clear. So anytime it's not that, I'm gonna check why am I keeping myself in a position of it not being that? <laughs> mm. Just on a note as well, of me defining what it is that I want. What's that programme we're watching at the moment? <laughs> the Kingdom, is it? The Kingdom. It's like The Witcher. FYI, Ragnar, <laughs> out of The Kingdom. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty close. I'd say, like, obviously I've not met him in person. <laughs> a Viking, like. And he is a fictitious character on a, on a TV programme, mm -hmm. but he's pretty close. It's funny as well, going into, like, <laughs> defining what you want on a physical, because he's yeah. pretty, like, you know, nice. He's hot. He's pretty hot. Uh, it is going uh, into that as yeah. well, because I, I really feel like I don't have a type. Mm. I'll be drawn to a certain person because of who they are in front of me, not necessarily what they look like now. And anytime actually someone, because we've been in bodybuilding and like so image driven and so visually driven, uh, people assume that uh, you that just want someone care muscly. About that. Yeah, I've never, uh, never been with a bodybuilder. No. Like I've never sought a bodybuilder. Same. I, I just didn't, wasn't attracted to it. And it's more like the type of person that I would be attracted to is someone uh, very empowered, uh, growing, mm. not necessarily having achieved anything in particular. Mm. Like they just need to have personal ambition. So it's like having that personal ambition to. Uh, really connect with who they are mm. and like find out why they're here and like have a purpose in life and like that's attractive yeah it's like how do you feel when you're around them mm. like I know I I love if I have someone that I can play with mm -hmm. can I grow can mm -hmm. I play mm -hmm. can I explore can we cry mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. like all those things mm -hmm. can you walk together and just be completely silent mm -hmm. can you lie together. together yeah like all these kinds of things like what do you feel like when you're doing those kinds of things, everything else is stripped back. So it's not like, oh God, he's got a nice sense of fashion. Like, mm. oh, he's got his, oh, like his shoes. Oh, like, his hair is nice. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck like, <laughs> about that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's always going a little bit deeper. Feeling yeah. is deeper. Is it deep and meaningful? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's letting go of the identities. Like the more identities you let go of, the more of them that just don't apply. 
So like for me, it's like I used to think I had a type like that first long term boyfriend that I had was gorgeous mm. and he was like my ideal. I was really good looking and blah, 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 whatever. We're going to have beautiful children. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like uh, when you strip all of those things away, because you wouldn't want to attract someone who only wants you for how you look. Yeah. So I don't want to attract that. So therefore, I'm not going to look for someone who's yeah. uh, massively caught up in appearances and like maintaining their physical because they are insecure. Yeah. Because that's what, it, for me now, I'll just see the insecurity of needing to be that way. And that is the truth of it. Like when people do these things to outwardly look a certain way, it's because they are insecure about something else. Mm. Uh, or there's a deeper layer to why they need to be that or maintain that. Or like the also the stickiness and the pain of like trying to maintain something like that. Mm. And then knowing that you're going to grow old and not have it forever anyway, because everything is always changing. So it's like not getting fixated on things as they are when we meet because tomorrow someone's arm could fall off or yeah it's like if you if you if you're in friendships and like family members all of that kind of stuff doesn't matter mm. like the physical and stuff why all of a sudden is it such a big part just because it's like a sexual partner mm -hmm. that that could be the driver determining factor of whether you get with that person mm. It's like survival thing as well. It comes from like natural instincts of like survival of the species. Genetics. Yeah. Yeah. Good breeders. Mm -hmm. Good breeder. Mm -hmm. We don't want kids, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So we're looking for that soul <laughs> connection. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is because we've evolved as a species so much that the the species is not we're not endangered with like the planet is massively overpopulated as it is. So like now we can make decisions that are more soul based mm. because the species does not uh it doesn't depend on us all procreating and like having kids and all those things so like the natural selection is i'm not looking for an alpha male uh, i would be looking for a soul like yeah. a feeling that you get about a person and who they are yeah that's like for me the conscious connection that i would be open to yeah it's like for for me i would really love to you know eventually meet someone that you can kind of talk about all those things that like your your different traumas that you're looking at and you're, you've been working on and not be triggering those in a way that create re-traumas mm -hmm. you can look at those those wounds and kind of lick them together mm -hmm. and and understand them listen to them yeah yeah in like a really loving loving comforting as well as challenging but mm -hmm. just not that like re-triggering yeah re-traumatizing yeah. yeah like if if for example because i've had so many body image issues like i mentioned on one of the other podcasts that i if i had someone reflect something to me that i'm not enough as i am and if i'm triggered by it i'm gonna look at why i'm triggered by it yeah but also i have to make a decision in that as to why someone would be picking me apart physically about who i am do they have their own insecurities mm. that they're poking at what's the truth of it and then not getting caught up in like, because so many women will feel like uh, they need to be a certain way because of a man's insecurity. Yeah. So like if someone, some guy projects to a girl that she needs to have bigger boobs and she goes and gets a boob job to keep them happy and then they still don't love her because she's she, she has some other flaw or you know, mm. it's like this constant like trying to be something for someone else and on the external especially because that's always changing. Mm. So if you feel like you're picking apart someone's external. Like if I was to do it to someone, I'm, I would be looking at why. Why am I judging that person for not having big biceps or, mm. you know, whatever the 
the physical ideal is in your brain that you have uh, taken on to be truth of what beauty is or what like a good person is or what a nice person is or who you would want as a partner it's kind of like to catch all of those things if they happen and look at them and then look at why you are uh, allowing something to re-traumatize you or reconfirm something that you had believed about yourself and how that feels to you and uh, it's a good test to see as well if you, you've gotten over things like if you don't still go off in the same behaviors of like if someone calls you ch fat or like mm. uh, chubby or something and you go off trying to lose weight so that you're better for them and they love you more mm. it's like not getting caught up in any of that nonsense mm. again even though you've done it before yeah. <laughs> it's like let's just not waste time on all of that kind of unimportant shit. yeah <laughs> disempowering yeah just keeps you in a loop of like not loving yourself the whole time you're never enough no. never and feel like you are good enough for anyone and then it's like people will be just like in these kind of relationships where nothing's really said for years mm. so all of these things would be playing out like each day but no one actually brings it to the surface and discusses it it's too just, afraid yeah it's too much fear of losing the person or like upsetting the person or like you know if you're the type of person that tries to keep peace mm. and then you you are disturbing the peace it's like mm. you just want that nice cozy safe comfortable relationship that's keeping you secure mm. and you're you're going to be reluctant to say how you actually feel because you're afraid of rejection mm. afraid of the person being triggered and it being a big argument and it's pretty cool to be able to go into the stuff with people it's friggin epic <laughs> like the, there's just not actually that many people going into this kind of stuff but it might seem like kind of complex or like that it, it's like well can't we just like chill or but it's actually makes life a lot more simple it makes things more clear yeah. and simple actually and like less painful and it's just like a day-to-day -day process then. So nothing ever gets built up. built up. Nothing gets stagnant and built up. You're constantly, every day, you know where you are, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, it is more secure, mm -hmm. <laughs> if anything, because you do know where each other are. You yeah. know exactly what each other are feeling and thinking. Mm -hmm. And you can keep realigning, adjusting to make sure that you are still growing, make sure that you are still growing together. So you mm -hmm. keep going, keep going, keep going. And you are actually more likely to keep going together mm -hmm. on that kind of um, love mm -hmm. growth path. And growth is a bit uncomfortable sometimes. <clears throat> so it will be a case of like, if someone feels a bit off mm -hmm. and they're not sure why, and you can ask them, you know, why are you off? And it, it doesn't have to be, or feel like an attack. And then you go, oh, I'm fine. What do you mean, why am I off? It's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 why are you off? What's going on? What are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Where is it coming from? Is it yours? Did I say something that triggered you? Mm. Because it's not taking responsibility for someone else's feelings. It's knowing that if you have a trigger, it's your trigger. Absolutely. It's not somebody else's. That's it, because it's so often when you kind of like, I'm always imagining someone sort of in, this is so stereotyp <laughs> stereotyping, but like a woman kind of like a bit moody in the kitchen. Like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Mm. And the man's just like, I have not a clue. What What's I wrong? What did I do? <laughs> so it's like the it, it's so easy then for both people to be quietly pointing and projecting what the other person is doing wrong and how annoying that other person is without looking inside at themselves mm -hmm. and what's going on for you mm -hmm. what has led to that kind mm -hmm. of uh, discomfort also on a, something really big actually in relationships on a communication level 
um, women are generally, and this is going to stereotype it, but it's true, mm. like from the hunter-gatherer like age where we used to gather and we used to like stay together and like the woman's role was to like uh, form a sense of community yeah. and keep people in contact with each other. Yeah. So we just used to cackle a lot, like make yeah. a lot of noise and stuff. And our form of communication was not very direct. It was mm. just talking a lot. It was like chit-chat. Yeah, chit-chat <laughs> just to keep in touch with each other. Yeah. We're all here, we're all here, we're yeah, all here. Yeah. And men became the hunters so they were very direct with their mm. communication very efficient precise you know because you needed to be, be here you, at mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. da, 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 this is what's happening this is serious yeah it's more direct so men are very direct with their language and how they are and a lot of the time women can feel like that's really intense like mm. sharp direct hurtful oh why is he so mean mm. and then with men uh they see women talking around what they want the whole time because women struggle to be direct so it's like they will go, um, they'll drop hints about what they want for their birthday instead mm. of going, I really like that red dress. I would like that for Get my birthday. <laughs> yeah. So like the men, the men want to be told that shit. Yeah. If you're into buying presents and all of that nonsense, yeah. <laughs> that's another topic. Yeah. But uh, instead of like saying that, they'll go, oh, well, Sandra was wearing this really nice dress. Her husband day. bought her a dress. Mm, it was that very was nice. nice of him, wasn't it? And then you end up with a bowling ball like in Homer Simpson <laughs> emerge yeah. because you haven't been clear. Mm. So it's like there's a real, and I learned this a good few years ago, there's a real strength in females learning how to use direct masculine style of communication to ask for what they want and to speak what they want and to define what they want. Mm. And... It, it can feel a little bit intimidating sometimes, but only to a man who uh, doesn't feel uh, fully in his power himself. So if you are looking for someone fully empowered and you are quite direct to what you want, it's quite a powerful position to put yourself like in. Like we've seen guys just go bright red, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Like Around certain things. Yeah, like <laughs> we, we've been in situations where like, with guys that you would would have classes like quite sort of strong Confident male, too. very masculine, mm empowered you know good businessman and then there's two us two little pixies there <laughs> just talking but because we're quite we were quite strong and, and we were open. just very like you know the eye contact and we were just talking honestly and openly and they were just like giggling like little girls, girls. we were like looking at each other like What's this is <laughs> so funny to observe that kind of shift mm. when you kind of own your space space and then knowing how to use the fe- the feminine energy as well. Uh-huh. And then also not separating them uh, to be male or female. Because we all both have the same qualities within us and the same ability to channel these energies. Yeah. So like for men, they can also become more caring, compassionate, understanding with their language. Yeah. They can allow space for the women to speak. Because a lot of the time the males will uh, over speak. Yeah, yeah. Because- and that's usually an insecurity as well. If they're like speaking over people the whole time because they are just more direct. So like women find this hard to navigate sometimes and they'll feel oh like I feel like I can never say how I feel or like he doesn't understand me and then men struggle to speak about their feelings mm. because it's more softer and more feminine. So like a man learning how to channel that energy and actually be vulnerable, tell people how they feel and not always be like so sharp, direct um, mm. and precise about things. And then women understanding and learning how to be more direct is like super powerful. Yeah. So so that you can own both energies and then you can allow and command mm. and do both. And the way that it can actually become unhealthy if there's an imbalance mm-hmm. too far mm-hmm. one way. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you get a... Role um, reversal. Yeah, like mm. if you get a woman that's super masculine, like predominantly masculine all the time. 
and then it's like yeah it feels just like a disempowered male yeah Mm -hmm. or it's more attacky Mm -hmm. it's more like attacking Mm -hmm. um and it's like defensive Mm -hmm. and like i know when i was bodybuilding i used to hang around with a lot of men um i really enjoyed to be around big groups of men and i was having i was taking like the uh, male hormones too so my energy was very masculine Mm -hmm. And I used to stand in, say, when we went to parties and stuff, all the guys would be in the middle shouting, shouting over each other. They'd all be laughing and the girls would just be like, wouldn't get a word in edgeways. Mm -hmm. And I just went to their level. Mm -hmm. So I was in the middle shouting and like shouting over all the men. And it's like, oh my God, (laughs) a lot of effort. So intense. It it took me a little bit of a, it took me a little while to tune back into my femininity. and I've definitely experienced shifts in a relationship where I felt that I have been uh, too masculine. And then I've watched the man become masculine. So, yeah, like yeah. really like feminine mm-hmm. in his behavior mm-hmm. and to the point of unhealthy for him too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like always just being aware of these little dynamics mm-hmm. and trying to get a balance mm-hmm. with it. It's like who wears the pants in the house, you know, that kind of dynamic. Yeah. And the the roles do shift. And it's funny to watch, like, if someone is a, a bit imbalanced in themselves, like if there's a female that is too masculine, she'll attract a male that wants to be disempowered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that relationship can absolutely work. Mm-hmm. Like that can work for a lifetime uh, if you resign to those roles. Mm-hmm. But is it nice to be constantly disempowering someone? No. Is it nice to feel constantly disempowered? No. So it's like you're sacrificing part of yourself and then you're also being mean or like projecting onto them as well. Yeah. So it's like it gets kind of uh, funny. You'll see the role reversals happen the whole time. Yeah. It's like you don't <laughs> like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be kind of feeling really bossy and then looking at my partner and being like, pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, that's how it would feel sometimes. But then it would be like, maybe I could change this dynamic by actually softening a little mm-hmm. bit and allowing some of the... Because I'd shut off femininity mm-hmm. massively mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, yeah, it's learning how to reconnect with that and then using that as your power because... Like men do crumble a little bit because they don't mm. really know how to manage women sometimes, and it'll be the same the other way around. It's like women will be like, mm. yeah. like it's nice to allow those natural roles to play out, but also not to rely on them as like, uh, I'm going to be really feminine and you're going to be really masculine, yeah. and and then it becomes yeah, it is needed to counterbalance, yeah. but it becomes disempowering for the female on certain levels yeah. and the same for the male, he'll feel responsible and stuff. Yeah, like both energies can flow through and change, ever mm-hmm. changing every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's such a big difference between uh, an empowered woman. And a bossy woman. A, yeah, like you'll, you'll get, cause it's like a big kind of thing at the moment that I'm an independent woman. I am a str- fiercely strong and independent woman. I do not need anyone. Mm-hmm. I do not need a man. Mm-hmm. It's a different intention. That it's energy a different is very energy. protective. That's a very hurt It's energy. not empowered. Mm-mm. I was there. It's insecure and it's mm-hmm. protection. It's massive protection. Cause and it's, it's not the allowing wall. of the masculine mm-hmm. in the men, is mm-hmm. it? You know. No. Yeah, that's where you build that wall from. And then it's like, uh, I don't need a man for anything and that was the destiny's child thing that I kept referring to like I created that reality for myself 100% and then I had this huge wall up yeah. because I was trying to actually protect myself from being hurt Yeah. so that was like massively disempowering for me 
that I just was like, well, don't want to sacrifice my freedom. Um, and I had all of these reasons. Like you can trick yourself into believing that you don't need a man mm. for any of these things. Because I am always strong enough on my own. Mm-hmm. And your again, heart you is kind just of, broke. Yeah, and you're shutting mm-hmm. off the feminine mm-hmm. in, in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you become the masculine yeah. version. Like we've both been there. Yeah. So it's like that is... And then you'll have men that seek that yeah. because they have uh, stuff going on where they were maybe had a super strong mother mm. and they're actually seeking a super strong female mm-hmm. because they found love through their super strong mother. Yeah. And then you, you have all of these other things where you get relationships that are like dom, sub, mm. like a BDSM kind of like su- submissive. Yeah. Like, so you'll, ha- you'll attract a submissive partner and then that's where this, the sex trauma comes back mm. in. That if you're just playing at a role to fulfill some That's need it. and it's all kind of gets weird when you when you're playing these roles in in sex and then in your real life and then manifesting in like really weird disempowering ways. weird mm-hmm. ways that will then uh, trickle into all experiences in your life mm-hmm. so you're playing out this role of wanting to be the submissive mm-hmm. when you're having sex or mm-hmm. with your partner sometimes you want it mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden you're manifesting it at work mm-hmm. in interactions everywhere you go mm-hmm. like oh people are uh, treating me like I've got no worth mm-hmm. it's like okay well you are manifesting that because you don't have your worth yeah you haven't looked at that and it's yeah. like we we continually get the same patterns over and over again in different scenarios with different people our bosses our partners our kids our friends like any kind of interaction that we have with people they're all little mirrors to show us something about ourselves that we're not looking at. Mm. And if we're not looking, we'll continually play the victim role. Oh, it's all their fault. They're, it's their reason that I'm not happy. It's mm. la la la. It's placing the blame in other people. Mm. And then you just get caught in those same judgment loops. Oh, man. <laughs> this life thing's crazy. <laughs> How long have we been talking I don't for? know, quite a while. <laughs> what we saying? We haven't looked. I don't know, maybe... Over, the, over Must an be hour like and a half. over an hour. It's over an hour and a half. Do we, do we have any other bits we wanted to um, cover? I kind of wanted to mention about like uh, the male being the protector and the female being the nurturer. Mm. And how that is very much an outdated thing. Mm. But also those are still real roles that males and females play. Because like the, the female is the care and the child bringer, you know, or bearer. And the male then provides for that. So it's like the family dynamic still exists but it's just uh massively upgraded now and there's so much like uh there's so much branches off of that now that it's like it's very far away from what a traditional marriage would have been so it's okay that things are evolving away from marriage and the system needs to be updated Mm. and it has been like there's people that are doing new things that are not actually getting like there's nothing wrong with marriage if you're fully uh conscious of why you're doing it like uh, some people do it as well just for like legal reasons so that they can share yeah. their property yeah. or like whatever is and everything they have together yeah and then also I just had a thought earlier about like heartache and how you'll I have examples of like uh, old couples who are really in love together like in a space of love together for a very long time and then when one of them dies, almost like a few months later, mm. the other one dies, even though they have no underlying conditions because they literally die of heartache. Break, broken heart. But they, there is actually like scientific studies where they, they see strings mm-hmm. on the heart that break mm-hmm. when you experience a, a yeah detachment from someone and a heartbreak. Mm. You actually 
physically are having little strings of your heart mm. broken. And that's a real, like, uh, I don't know if I say it's, it is a codependency on some mm. level, but maybe it's a real heart-soul connection at mm. the end if they have really uh, merged their lives together in a growth-focused way. I don't know because I haven't been there. Mm. Ask me when I die. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the the heart, the heart gets. We we actually do build up these kind of like armors around it mm-hmm. to the point. So say if you have experienced heartache and um, like relationships that have split up or people that have died or whatever throughout your life and then you've built yeah you build, you do actually build up this like wall around the energetic field of your heart and then it's like not oh being open to receive what you really want because mm, um, those things haven't built expressed fully or dealt with fully. yeah like i kept having people point to like i had a crack in my heart i don't know what it was from really i think it was actually just self-love Imagine that, just someone walking down the street and saying, oh, you've got a crack in your heart. <laughs> no, it's not really a normal thing to say, <laughs> is it? But I started to feel it on an energetic level because mm. I didn't have the self-love. What did it feel like a crack as in... Piercing pain. It it, it was stopping something getting in or some was it like an energy flowing out that it couldn't flow out? felt like actually that I was missing something which was self-love mm. so the minute I started to feel that and look at that I started to feel that disappear like filling, filling. Yeah. so it was like it is that typical filling your own cup and I could feel it on a energetic physical level so it felt like a crack like a pain a little mm. sharp pain through the middle of my chest not like it was there constantly. No. <laughs> Sometimes people have pains like this and they think it's there's like something wrong with them. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it is that. But also they, they might think there's something seriously wrong with them. They, you'll manifest things yes. in your physical that are energetic, emotionally related. Mm-hmm. And you if you don't know or you're not aware of that layer, you will go to the doctor and be like, I'm oh, having yeah. a heart attack. Just like take tablets or whatever. And it's like if you look at people's posture as well, mm-hmm. like my posture's a little bit rounded and it feels like, all of my muscles are kind of being sucked in to my heart and my throat. Mm. So everything around my heart and throat energy field is is kind sucked of in. sucked in and not able to be exploded out into the world to then receive. It's mm-hmm. like I can't express myself fully just mm-hmm. yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Working on that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you, if you notice people's posture, you can kind of almost see can tell where most of their hurt is mm. where their traumas have been a lot of guys are very hunched for yeah. it because especially in uk and ireland yeah. a lot of them would have like uh, protection over their hearts because there's been a lack of ability on society on a societal level to be able to express to emotions. express it yeah so like that is very much uh, a thing yeah. now that you will see as a pattern that like the men have closed hearts or big armor on their bodies mm-hmm. like loads of muscles to protect their feelings yeah deep down they're actually really hurt or uh, a little bit soft or yeah. like uh they don't have the emotions that are available to them so like it, it's interesting to notice how you feel on a physical and i feel like the the crack of my heart's fully gone now that was like only last year i became aware of that but like i don't feel that pain anymore and i also don't feel like i'm seeking it's full of orange juice it's full of orange <laughs> juice yeah the foods that you eat as well are like related to the chakra Started mm. to notice that i'm I was eating loads of orange. Yeah, orange and yellow. <laughs> orange and yellows. Yellows is like solar plexus. So now I'm in a yellow phase because I've got a block in my solar mm. plexus. So yeah. So that's another, uh, a whole another realm to talk about. Yeah, we'll have to go into a big one about mm. that. Energetically. 
Yeah, but I guess like maybe to just finish to go into um, like the how to get out of a disempowered, relationship. a disempowered relationship, kind of some of the things you might like after listening to this, you might have pinpointed some things that you've become aware of. Mm. Um, and then I guess it's like, okay, what do I do now to to take action that empowers me mm. um, and empowers the other person? Empowers the other person, yeah. I guess if you like identify something that you are not happy with in a relationship, and it directly involves your partner's behaviour or who they are or something that is them and mm. they own it, and it's up to you whether you want to point at it or not and give them a chance to uh, see it as mm -hmm. well and also agree with it and that they want to change it. And knowing that if you are projecting onto someone else that you are wanting them to be something else already, so you're already coming from a place of judgment, um, but also knowing that you, you do want to still grow together because you are in love and there's a difference between being in love in a space of love together unconditionally and mm -hmm being entangled in love in a romantic passionate connection there they are different things and one's impaired one's entangled and kind of identify those um flaws or things that you're not happy about and then also weighing up well why am i not happy about that am i looking at myself mm. am i projecting something because i want security uh, what place is it coming from? Why do I want them to be different? Mm. Why do I need them to be different? Why have I attracted this relationship in the first place? Mm -hmm. And what is that need that I'm looking for in them that I can't give to myself? Yeah. Is it love? Is it security? Is it uh, a sense of self-worth? Mm. Am I placing my self-worth or my love uh, or security in someone else's hands? Can I give those things to myself? And then either deciding to work on yourself and why you have all of those things and then decide if you still want this connection yeah. or actually not keeping yourself in suffering and making the decision that's impaired after you allow them to step up. So you can you can give them a handout and say, I've no noticed these things and maybe that person doesn't want to grow. Yeah. Maybe they are absolutely blissfully ignorant and that is cool. You don't need to judge someone for not wanting to look at their stuff. Maybe for this lifetime, that is their path. And it's like if you continually to try and uh, bash your head against a wall by judging someone who is in that position, uh, they will feel judged and the relationship will just stagnate and become painful. So then you have a choice whether to, if you've given them a handout and pointed at some stuff and then they still choose to not look at it because of their own pains and their own insecurities and whatever is going on for them, you get the choice to step out. And they either step up or you step out mm. or they step out. You yeah. know, one of those will happen. And it's like not being afraid of the unknown. Yeah. It's like it will always be okay. And do you want to spend the rest of your life living in a, and suffering through something that will never be what you want it to be? Yeah. Or do you want to take the brave move to step out into the unknown where all the growth and expansion of life is? We only yeah. get one life. And you can't see what is a possibility while all your energy is focused in on something that is not right for mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. um so if it's something where you've been there for a while and it's still not changing and you've kind of had these conversations and the communication is just not where you want it to be mm -hmm. it's that not to get kind of stuck in feeling like there's nothing better out there for you mm -hmm. um because the minute you step out of that space of judging that other person being annoyed at the the situation and blaming 
um, instead of taking full responsibility for why you're there, looking at the lessons that you've learned from it, stepping out of that, you create so much space and you have all this newfound energy mm-hmm. and yes, you can absolutely attract something different. Yeah, and what you want. So yeah. then your energy can align fully behind what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Yeah. Like you said, if you focus your energy on what you don't want, which yeah. is that relationship, yeah you will continually get what you don't want. I wish they weren't like that. I mm. wish it wasn't like this. And then, oh, like, yeah, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm. And you you are building that where your focus goes. What Mm. is it we say? Where your focus goes. Where your attention goes is what grows. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) We'll get it right eventually. Yeah, and that is so true. Mm. And it's like, you know, I've been in in situations before where I, I have been in that place where I've just been kind of judging and poking, 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 and it does not work. Mm. <laughs> like, it literally just grows and grows like snowball. And then if you can step out of that and look at them for who they are and just accept them for who they are, but then make the decision, okay, well, that's not right for mm-hmm. me. You have to step out. Mm-hmm. You have to. It's and it's just your not choice. Fair. You have free will. Yeah. Your free will gets challenged by different things. Like if you have kids, if you have a house together, your free will will have pressure on it. Mm-hmm. But you always have free will and choice. Mm-hmm. You, you can, Like so many people say, well, I don't have a choice. I have kids. Yeah. I don't have a choice. We have a house together. There's always a choice. There's always an example of someone that was in the same boat mm-hmm. or more challenging mm-hmm. that managed to find the way out of it. And free themselves and yeah. live a more fulfilling life. And not to get caught up in all the bullshit mm-hmm. stuff like money, houses, mm-hmm. or you know, like all or those happinesses. Different... Yeah, mm-hmm. and like if it's been a relationship where um, you might have been very much supported financially, mm-hmm. it may seem like scary. Scary, and like you can't do it on your own, mm-hmm. or that you know like how how does my life look after this Mm. you figure it out Mm. we're pretty like magical beings (laughs) you know we can become um what's the word can't think of the word versatile Versatile, yeah and Mm. just kind of like when we're put under pressure we find a way Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where all the growth comes from putting yourself in that little bit of a uncomfortable position so that you can springboard off of it and create something else and it sends you in a different direction and maybe this life is not just one way Maybe there is numerous relationships. Maybe you have kids along the way as well. Who knows? Mm. Be lots of different dynamics to yeah. explore. And if you're not in a relationship and you feel kind of freaked out by that, <laughs> just like to have a little think about whether that's even really yours, yours that you're <laughs> worried about or if it's conditioning mm-hmm. um, and whether it's an effective um place to put your energy to worry mm-hmm. about that and put mm-hmm. yourself down mm-hmm. um, and then you end up attracting something you just settle for the next best thing that yeah. comes along the, the first person that shows you attention you'll be like oh this is the one I want to settle down because you're so desperate to settle because you want to tick all of those societal boxes that you believe is success and this is why we're here and blah 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 and then like 10 years later you realize that's really not what you want it's like not entering into a codependent relationship so quickly just out of lack mm. so really checking why you are seeking a relationship spending the time by yourself to figure out what you want yeah. and then also if the people around you are not uh connecting with you on the same level keep exploring don't give up like uh don't try not to get into a position where you're just settling for whatever comes along because if you hold on to something it doesn't allow space for something better yeah, and it just doesn't have to be this 
constant seeking mission mm. just to kind of allow. surrender allow mm -hmm. um, work on yourself create what you want to create create what, you're what here you to want do. to create yeah get get your energy aligned with all the things that kind of bring you joy your purpose and, yeah and yeah things things kind of open up and come towards you once you are emanating mm -hmm. what you want the, the things that you truly desire become that mm -hmm. become that and yeah. then you're going to attract it and maybe your purpose is to have kids and get married and stuff mm. and if you are fully sure and in on that that will be that will bring you the most joy yeah you're gonna know love. it it's like mm -hmm. how do you feel in that Mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. like you can absolutely get married at 18 have three four children and have the most incredible life purposeful mm -hmm. fulfilled life mm -hmm. so yeah it's um, everyone's different yeah man <laughs> it's good yeah. so hit, hit us up with your relationship issues mm. slide into my dm <laughs> yeah not me i'm not, on a sabbatical on a sabbatical <laughs> Yeah, yeah, drop us drop us messages guys. It's been so cool cuz people have been um asking when the next episode is out. So it's really nice to hear that people are eager to hear us chatting Cheer. and sharing. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you very much and we will be back with you again next week. Keep your relationships deep and meaningful. And meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> yo yo. Oh. <laughs> To listen up and download with Claire and Rosie. They're gonna be talking deep and meaningful. Yo, yo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dot com. <laughs>